clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Authentically You. I have a really special guest. I do feel like I say that all the time because I do feel grateful uh, that I get to meet so many women in my podcast. However, this is a special guest because she is a client who has just recently finished my Authentic Reconnect program. Um, and I wanted to bring bring her on here because I think her story is truly inspirational. You've been through a lot of stuff. And, um, that's why I really want to introduce you. Cause I think she's going to inspire you. She's going to make you feel like, okay, I can do this too. I can heal. Um, and I say that because she is 55 years old. She started her healing journey when she was 55. Like, think about that. It's never too late to start a healing journey. Um, so I have Pam here or Pamela, whoever you want to, I call her Pam, but you can introduce yourself as, as you want people to know you. And um, she is a self healer. She's a mom of three adult kids. She's a fur mama, a wife, um, and, a, and a woman who whose trauma doesn't define her. So Pam, do you want us to share us, you know, give us a little intro of who you are and if you want to expand on that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate this. And I hope my message gets through people uh, my age that or anybody really that can benefit from this. That's why I'm here to tell my story. Um, I had a lot of childhood trauma and adult trauma. Um, and with that became, I became, I had no self. I did not know my world mm-hmm. and my thoughts of the male female relationship was incredibly skewed and including my role that also included my role in the relate in any relationship that I had because everything was kind of skewed after all that trauma yeah and so I'm curious like when you talk about you know obviously you didn't have any low you had low self-worth or no self-worth what did that look like in your life like you mentioned obviously having relationships that were uh, toxic, uh, abusive, any sort of vibe around that? What else did it look like for you? Oh, uh, when you don't have that kind of self-worth, you don't understand the, um, what you can have in your life and that being a certain type of person, mm-hmm. a certain type of job, um, just plain old goodness. You don't think that you're actually capable of having those things or that you're worthy of those things. You don't fully understand your full potential yeah. in that right. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. It's like, you don't, and I, like I say, this is why I do the work I do is because you people, when they're in that state, it's like, you, you can't see your worth. You're like, why am I worth, worth anything? No one has proven to me that that is such. So how would I live my life in, in accordance to me feeling like I'm a worthy person? Um, and so that, I think that really lands with me around you just, how do you live your life if you don't see yourself as anything as a value? And that's correct. It's, 
that was a big hurdle. I remember one time somebody said to me, I don't, you obviously don't know your worth because if you did, you wouldn't be with me. Oh, wow. That was powerful. That is powerful. Obviously it stuck with you years later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Decades. And I think it's like, like when, when someone said that to you in that moment, like, what were you thinking? Like, did you believe them? You're like, what? Um, I was a little perplexed and then not long afterwards, our relationship ended, um, not well, but, uh, you know, it made me think Mm -hmm. going forward, was it the cure all? No, I think I still had, I had so much more work to do after that. Mm-hmm. but it made me think. Would you consider that to be your rock bottom of like, okay, I have to start thinking differently or, or look at some solution to my life? Uh, no, I would say rock bottom would be the constant need for attention from the wrong people. The conti- mm-hmm. It continued after that. Okay. I still didn't fully understand my, my worth. Right. Um, back then yeah which I think yeah obviously someone's telling you that you're like uh okay whatever you know it's not going to be this big um moment but it could be the catalyst of change however minuscule it is um I do want to to pause here and just state that we are going to be talking about some trauma um and so I want to acknowledge that you know if you're listening and you're you're no we're talking about childhood trauma adult trauma and things like that so please be kind to yourself and and make sure that if you are not in the mood to listen to this, you don't feel safe, you don't feel grounded, or you don't have skills to sort of help you in those moments to please, you know, maybe not listen to this in this moment and choose another time. But um, I do want to ask you, you know, around your trauma, like you talked about childhood trauma. um, And so what kind of vibes did you have in regards to that part of your life that helped shape you into the person that you were? How did that help shape me into the person that you were before you healed? Like, that I, I mean, you, know, you know, what kind oh. of trauma did you live through? Oh man. Well, some of that starts right from childhood trauma and eventually it becomes adult trauma because you don't really <sighs> deal with the trauma, childhood trauma properly. Um, but it really, I, I, okay. First off, it did involve um, incest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it involved, you know, uh, sexual assault or molestation from my mom's boyfriend for a few years. I would, it would have started at the age of six till nine, I think. So that was pretty awful. Oof. And it just skewed, it skewed how I thought relationships should be. I yeah. really didn't fully, I really didn't fully understand it. So therefore any relationship I was in after that was shaped based on my trauma. Right. And, uh, I had to work through that. Yeah. And what did that mean? Like when you mentioned, you know, obviously I also come from a sexual trauma background, so, um, I can relate to it, but I want you to sort of name, you know, what did it make you feel about what a relationship should look like? Subservient. Mm. That I should be subservient and do what the other person pleases. Yeah, like you are there to serve someone else. Your body is really not your own. Absolutely. I yeah. think, and I, and that's what I truly believed. Yeah. That's just imprinted in your brain as a child. And then you just move forward with that. Yeah. 
And I think honestly, so many women can relate to what you're saying there is that I had an experience, whether it was in your childhood or your adult life, that made me feel like, okay, I don't own this body. You know, this body is not mine. It is somebody else's um, and it's there to serve other people, which is really, it gives me goosebumps when I say it, you know, and I think so many people can relate to that message. Um, And so, you know, you talk about, I know you're in a loving relationship now. And so when you think about, you know, what it, what it took to go from like, okay, I'm in a relationship where I, I don't call the shots with myself and my body to having a relationship where those things are different. Um, what was the shift for that in your life? I had to manifest that. Mm. And that would be through therapy over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, self feeling that I thought I was doing, uh, and just, um, believing that I deserved that for some reason, I got sick of being in these awful relationships and finally understood what my self-worth was. I still wasn't there 100% when I got into this relationship, but I knew I was on the right track. Yeah. And I think that's like, no one goes into a relationship, however, wherever they are on their journey, being this perfect human, there's obviously not a definition of a perfect human. Um, but I think, you know, I can, I can compare it to my own relationship where it's same. I, I did a lot of work. Was I a perfect person? No, but I think, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that when you find that person that gives you the space to heal, it really is extremely powerful for both you as an individual and yourself as that partnership. 100%, 100%. Um, it took a little while, a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got married and then that's when all of a sudden I felt like my world fell apart and I didn't understand why because mm-hmm. everything was in place as far as I was concerned but really what it was was my brain was processing in my opinion my brain was processing uh the fact that I was safe once yeah. in a row. yeah and being with a safe person allowed me that opportunity to really work on the true healing and that's when I reached out to you mm-hmm. yeah and I totally agree with that I think that like you're saying is when you have that person that makes you feel safe it can be almost honestly a little unsettling to have someone you're like why is this not feel like the other relationships I've had you know is this actually unsafe I think that is a, a question that comes to mind Um, but also like you're saying, it gives me the capacity to see myself and give myself space to do the really intense, dark work that comes with healing. That's, that's so correct. And, you know, I did question my relationship when I first got into it. I even sabotaged it to some degree Mm -hmm. because maybe I didn't think I deserved it. I I know, I I know I thought that, uh, and I had to (laughs) smack myself upside the head and say, you got it made girl. This man's wonderful. And oh. although nobody's perfect, he sure is freaking close in my eyes. Yeah. And, and, um, I had to, I, I knew I had to make a change within myself or this relationship would be destroyed mostly because of me. Uh, would right. it, it would be through insecurity, jealousy, um, just because I didn't think I deserved it. Yeah. So how long have you been together now? uh, seven years, seven years now. Okay. So, so yeah, it's not even really that far into feeling secure in their relationship for you. That's right. But I knew I had to 
figure things out or I would continue the rest of my life the way I was, the way I was feeling, what I was doing, how I was presenting myself to the world. If I did not do something about it now, I probably never would. Wow. Yeah. And so, okay, so let's rewind, let's say, you know, I don't know how many years ago where you were like, okay, this is a good thing. I can see that it's a good thing. I'm not sure that I deserve this good thing, but there's something that needs to to change in me for this relationship to actually work. And so was there any big aha moment where you were like, wait a second, there's something that I have to change? I was constantly triggered. Mm. I was constantly triggered by everything. Mm. Everything became a trigger. And then I was, you know, over time it got worse. Um, but I knew at the turning point was the fact that I turned 55. Oh. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. I deserve mm. to live happy. Why am I keeping myself in this spot? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for you, okay. So like, I obviously know a lot about your history and I'm not going to give all that away, but I think there has been so much evidence in your life outside of this relationship that showed you that, Hey, you aren't worth that much, you know, that you, you don't deserve to have a loving relationship. Um, and I'm not saying that as a, a really, but there was so much trauma for you that was so complex and layered that it makes sense as to why you were living up until 55, like listen to this number, everyone, 55 years old, um, living a life where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm stuck in survival mode. I am just making it through day by day. I don't deserve to actually have a life I love to live. Um, and, and to have like, you know, it makes me emotional this moment thinking about like at 55, you have shifted your life immensely to try and point to the other side of that evidence that, okay, wait a second. I am a person who deserves love. Sorry. I'm emotional. It's all good. It's all good. So, yes, it uh, took a long time for me to figure out that I deserve to be happy. Um, you know, the other part of my trauma was uh, my, my late husband who committed suicide and left me with three young children to raise. They were very young at the time, mm -hmm. two, uh, three, five, and 12. And I was absolutely devastated. It was like the comfort rug was slipped out from underneath my feet. It was an abusive relationship, but it was comfort as far as I knew because I didn't know anything else. Um, and throughout all that, I believed I didn't deserve anything because I couldn't save him. Mm. So then I found myself picking guys that I could try to save, which mm -hmm. never worked, right? That just no. never works. You have to try and save yourself. And, um, and I realized I was doing that. And then in doing that, just the awareness itself is a catalyst to, I think, trying to get that help and understanding and not pointing the finger and blaming. Um, my, I'm not blaming myself and I'm not pointing the finger and blaming at the perpetrators, mm -hmm. or the people who violated me or made me feel bad. But when you're told good luck raising your kids on your own because nobody wants you with three children mm -hmm. just before he dies was mind-blowing and I honestly believed it mm. sorry yeah. was it your was it your ex-husband or not sorry late husband that um said that to you yes uh 
as he left the door with oh his gun, gosh. which I didn't know he had on him. Mm. And that was it. That was the last I heard of him. Wow. Yeah. I think, like, and I think, I mean, that's obviously very um, influential in, in how you process and grieve that loss. Like, you know, abusive relationship, three kids saying good luck in life, and then just being left high and dry to deal with someone who dies by suicide. Yeah, that was it. And I had yeah. no support, no support. No. It was on my own. So I did it. You just do it. But mm-hmm. throughout just doing it, I found that you put yourself last because yeah. you're just getting by. You're surviving. Your children are your priority at that point. And you you think you're doing okay and you don't realize that you're suffering. Mm-hmm. I really I really do think that. I think you think we're we're moving along swimmingly and we're gonna be okay. But when we hurt the way we do, sometimes we say and do the things we don't realize aren't appropriate or good for us or anybody around us because mm-hmm. you're just in a fog, I think. Um and then as my story got old and I stopped using it as a crutch for, um, I guess I used it for, as a crutch for sympathy, I think sometimes okay. to explain why my behavior wasn't top notch or my thought pattern wasn't top notch. And I don't know. I just stopped doing that too. Like I had you... to be really honest. Go ahead. I had to be very honest with myself. Yes, these things happen to me, but my past doesn't define me and it doesn't control who I am today. Mm-hmm. I can make that change. It doesn't have to. And I can be that representative for my children as well so that they can have the best life that they can have. Yeah. And I think like, obviously, you know, I, I feel this like rings about to when you came to work with me, it's like, there was a sense of like, okay, I, I am a victim. I, I live by that narrative. However, I don't want to live by that narrative anymore. You know? And I think a big thing when people come from the narrative of feeling like a victim, it's like, okay, we should acknowledge that that, like you're mentioning that got you through years of being a single mom to three kids who was left by suicide. Um, you know, this, this victim state where I was like, okay, this, this happened to me, this bad thing happened to me. This is my life now. And I think that helped you. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong to get through those years of intenseness. It did. It did. It helped me get through for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it only, but only for a little while. Exactly. Oh, well, for a few, for a few years, actually. Then after a while, I realized that I had to pick up my socks. Mm-hmm. figure this out the best I possibly could but I still wasn't mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um despite all the th- talk therapy that I've been receiving and going through back and forth and finding the right therapist which I was fortunate to be able to mm-hmm. um uh it it just I wasn't getting at the real problem yeah and I didn't and because I didn't know what it was how do you how do you go from there yeah and I think I, you know- I would tell Oh, sorry. No, you go. I would tell therapists that I felt I was uh, self-sabotaging. I didn't understand why. And we never got past that. Mm. It never, nothing really went forward from there for me to deal with that. Right. Maybe a little bit of talk therapy, which was enough to keep me from continuing, but it didn't necessarily stop it. Right. Yeah. And I think, 
I think that makes sense is like, you know, a lot of people have that experience in, in therapy where it's like, okay, they see talk therapy as I, I mean, obviously I lived in that world and I've, I've read that world for a while, but I think it's keeps you like, okay, week to week, we come in and we talk about what happened this week. And let's, let's sort of talk about that versus like, okay, how do I get past living? Like, it's kind of like living pay to, paycheck to paycheck. Okay. Eventually maybe one day I would prefer to not be stressed out and not to worry about week to week. What am I going to do for the next week? It's like, let's get to real evolution. And I think that's what's so powerful about your stories that you, you, you've done that. Yeah. Thank you. I think I also had an incident with a psychiatrist one time and I told him, I said, I can be dead honest here about this because I want people, my goal is that someone else hearing my story will be brave enough to speak up and, and get help for themselves as well. But I remember um, self-sabotaging by having relationships with men mm-hmm. and it was seemed out of control mm-hmm. and I knew it was out of control, but I had a hard time stopping it. Mm-hmm. So I spoke with a therapist or a psychiatrist about it. And his response was, well, were you both consenting adults? Oh my gosh. And I said, yeah. He says, then it's not a problem. <sighs> and that's coming from a psychiatrist. Yeah. And I left there feeling it is a problem. Yeah. I knew, I knew it was a problem. Right. Like but I think you went in it? knowing it was a problem and you were looking for someone to listen to validate, to help you. And that's not what you were given, yeah. you know, and there's no dig against psychiatrists. Again, I, I lived in that, that field. I think that there is a time and place, but again, most psychiatrists do not have any training in trauma. Um, and they are mostly just, you know, what's a medication, what's a, what's a medical model, like a biomedical model that I can, you know, fix this issue with. And so for you, obviously that person, that psychiatrist maybe felt challenged and like, I don't know what to do in this situation. So I'm just going to sort of blanket, blanket this situation and get her out the door. Yeah. Poo poo. Go talk to your therapist. <laughs> yeah. That's not That's me. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Which is a disservice yeah. to the healthcare system. Like you're, I think that story, I so many women come to me and they'll say like, well, you know, I was let down by, health, by the healthcare system. Like, yeah, unfortunately you are the majority probably, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it, it kept me treading water. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't, you know, it kept me here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it kept my children safe. It kept, I mean, I can't discredit it entirely but it wasn't but it wasn't entirely what I needed no I needed a lot more than that yeah yeah um before I want to do I would definitely want to talk about your your healing journey because it's really powerful I did want to say you know I ask you when you were in that time years and years ago when you were left with three young children you know three five and twelve um you know and you obviously were just surviving going day by day making your kids a priority um, I kind of want to to ask you to speak to the to single moms out there who are struggling with the same sort of situation, and something that maybe you could have shifted even one percent to to make yourself more of a priority in those moments. Um, or or is that unrealistic? No, it's not unrealistic. Um, I would say pay attention to your gut feeling, pay attention to that intuition. What that's telling you is probably and more than likely correct. Mm-hmm in anything mm, that's powerful. you know yeah that gut feeling and it's not about it's an example of that would be gosh i should have not gone out drinking that night and i could have given my children more the next day or 
whatever. They never went without, but I could have done better. Mm-hmm. I feel in my mind and I'm not beating myself up. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, I could have done better. But, but what that message is, is pay attention to your gut. Mm-hmm. If you feel that you shouldn't be with that person, don't be with that person. If you feel that your actions might be incorrect, then, then stop those actions. Pay attention to your gut yeah. and get the help. Don't stop. Don't stop until you find the right person, right therapist or the right coach to help you along to get you where you need to be because it's there. Yeah. I think that's really powerful is like listening to your gut, which a lot of women, but people in general who come from a trauma past are very disconnected from their intuition, you know, because it's, it's felt like it's misguided them. Um, and I think too, like when you, when you speak about the situation, I think a lot of women can relate to this, um, is okay. I'm struggling with going up for drinking. I, maybe my priorities should be shifted. Well, what is the, what is the core reason as to why you feel like, you know, I need to use alcohol or I need to go to substances or I need to avoid, um, you know, thinking about like, you're talking about the root cause of why is that, that I like to call it a resource. Why am I using that resource versus looking at what's beneath the surface? Um, Yes. Great question. I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I had horrible, horrible socialization, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. being around other people, afraid of what people thought of me, especially particularly after my husband died, my late husband. Um, I couldn't even I'd get invited to go out. I'd have to be relatively intoxicated before because it's the only way I could cope. Yeah. With being around people and not thinking that they're judging me. And it's not necessarily by my appearance. It was about me as a person, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that was just gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um, I remember my first time after he died, going to the grocery store was intense. I had to get a babysitter for the kids to do it. I had to psych myself up. I need groceries. I got to get it. Mm-hmm. And it was just awful. And there's just going forward from there. I basically had a drink or two before I went out. And then as uh, kids got older, then the drinks were a little bit more before I went out. I was pretty much right. Yeah, yeah. That's not good. <laughs> no. And I think, but I think it's real. And I think that's what, one of the things I really value about you as a human is that, you know, there are things in your past that you maybe feel shame or did feel shame around, um, and I think that's a really a testament to where you are now in the sense of like, okay, I did those things. I can, you can literally just sit here, you not have a, an intense emotion about it and a name that that happened that, okay, I did the thing. Cause that's, that's what I had to do in that moment. I had no other resource. Yes. I don't beat myself up over that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that was just how I handle it. I didn't have alcohol in the house until I knew I was going to go out and then I had specifically, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess I felt by doing that, my children wouldn't think less if I had, you know, like everything I did was kind of calculated, but in a twisted kind of way Yeah. to cope. It was just coping. It was just coping. Yeah, exactly. 
And and so many people, it doesn't matter what your resource is. If it's alcohol, if it's substances, if it's avoidance, if it's shopping, you know, if it's your phone, right? Everyone has some sort of resource they use when they do not have other coping skills to get them through moments, especially like social anxiety. I can relate to that 100%. And if you don't have other resources or don't even feel like I don't have to go to that situation or that social event, right? Then of course, we're going to go to something that is easy. It's effective. It's immediate. Um, and I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they do. Yeah. And it's nice to talk to you about that because I didn't think anybody else would relate to that. I felt very alone. And that's why I'm really happy to share this so that people know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good transition to like, okay, when you came to me, can you describe to me if you can remember this was months ago, um, what you were, what state you were in when you came to me and started the work? Can you remember that far back? Uh, yes, I do. Oh my goodness. I was back. I was crying all the time. I was very reactive to everything. Um, somebody would say something and I jumped like a cat on a roof. You know, I just, it stuck there. I, it was just, it was just, my nerves were shot. Yeah, I think I, I, in fact, I was on, on the brink of a nervous breakdown. And I think that even happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was triggered too much. I had no, I felt I had no control. And if I did not get that control back, um, that I would lose everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was at. And I was scared. That's what I, did. Yeah. I, was, I was very scared. Yeah. To, to to take a look at what's really going on, but brave enough to do it. You are very brave. Yes, <laughs> I would say that for sure. Um, yeah, and I think that's sort of how I can remember it as well is you were definitely very anxious, um, emotionally dysregulated. Um, I also think you were sort of, you know, still in the stage of like, I'm going to try and point fingers to to other situations versus looking within. Um, and I also think, yeah, you were, you were just a little messed up, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think it just, it really shows that you from the get go came into this journey. Like you're saying you were brave, you were courageous because you knew that eventually you're going to have to shift that, that awareness to yourself. You're going to have to dig deep. And you did that from the gates when they open and you've done it the whole time we have worked together, which is why I think, you know, you are here to share the other side of that story today. Thank you. I am here because of that. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I remember you said to me, this is going to be hard work. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I'm ready. Once and for all, I am ready. I want to do this. There is no doubt in my mind. Kind of like, I don't know, somebody trying to quit smoking. You have to really want it yeah. to, you know, to, to make it to, to finally do something about it. And that's where I was at. With this. I really, really wanted it to change. I also had, I believe, although you taught me in a whole lot, different perspectives of that thing, of the information that I gave you when uh, in my homework, um, I also felt that I still had a smidgen of insight. Enough to know that if I don't do something about this, I'm going to lose what does make me happy. 
I totally agree. Like, I, I don't think anyone would come into this journey not having any insight. I, I do apologize if I, if I came across saying that you didn't have any. Um, you know, I think that you had, like you're saying, this is the state I'm in and I don't want to live this way anymore. And I'm taking my power back by jumping into this journey. 100%. And I had to be totally honest mm-hmm. with myself, with you. I had to be 100% honest about everything. I do want to pause and I want to ask you about this is like, okay, to be honest, tell everyone how scary it is to be vulnerable, to have to be like, okay, I'm not going to give you them this, you know, masked version of myself. I'm going to rip off the mask and be completely naked and share all of these scary things about me. What is that like? Oh, <laughs> well, first off, <laughs> I had to take my false eyelashes off because I was crying every time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, if we're, if we have our sessions. I've just tried to bother wearing makeup because it's not like I can't hide behind the makeup. So that came off. And then <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but that's no. uh, It's oh, like the real mask anyway. of women, the women yeah, today. I had to peel them off one by one. Say, I'm sorry, I can't wear these anymore. <laughs> and do this. <laughs> Which is a great metaphor, I think. It is. That I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the other thing was, oh, gosh. Doing my homework and crying while I'm doing it. Typing away. And just letting it flow. Not worrying about grammar, not worried about spelling. Mm. I wanted to make sure you heard my story mm-hmm. to really hear my story that I could not tell anything else. Yeah. You know, that was huge. And it was like a relief too, as scary as it was, it was also a relief. Even if we didn't touch on everything, which we usually did, mm-hmm. I felt so good knowing that I wrote that down and I gave it to somebody that was going to read it, somebody that cared. Yeah. And, and, and not judge me first and foremost, I felt like you weren't going to judge me over everything that I had to tell you. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. <sighs> that was monumental mm. in my healing journey. To be able to say, I need to be completely vulnerable here yeah, and completely open myself up. Excuse me. Okay. And be willing to say, this is what it is. This is what happened. This is how I dealt with it. Mm-hmm. What's next? And that's where my homework just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And there were breaks in between where I got to do something fluffy with the homework which was helpful, yeah. but uh, I did take that time to dig deep and to dig hard. Like I think Brene Brown talks about grit and grind. Well, that's what it takes. Yeah. And I think, you know, I do want to speak to a couple of things. I think, you know, it makes me emotional thinking that, um, you know, I, I'm, I feel honored to have been that person for you. And I think that you know, every woman deserves to have someone who they can share their full truth and authentic version of their life with and not 
like the fact that you even had to feel like someone's going to judge me for this speaks to humankind in itself. You know, I think that we are all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all have a past. Um, and the fact that we judge each other so hard is really awful. And, um, I think, yeah, like it, it goes to speak that I, I, if, if someone's new to my, how I run my programs, it's all homework based. We process your homework, we practice skills. Um, but I can give everyone the tools, all the tools I have, all of the skills, you know, all of the reflections, but you and no one else did the work, you know? And so I, you deserve 99% of all the credit because you did the work, you dug deep. You were saying like, I was ugly crying while you were typing, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's scary. And I think most people do not heal because it is scary because you have to rip the bandaid off and be like, this is me. I'm, I'm actually pretty wounded. Um, instead of pretending that we're fine. For sure. You know, you were, it feels like, I felt like I was reliving that pain, but I'm, I'm, wasn't really reliving it. I was seeing it uh, from an adult's eyes, but also seeing it from a child's eyes as myself, as a young girl. And then, and then chronologically going up, dealing with everything else that I've I've gone through. Uh, it just, it was really raw. I felt very raw. I remember feeling really raw for one of my homework uh, assignments, and I went into the bath and I said to my husband, "I, I need to have a bath. I, I gotta. This is my nervous regulation mm-hmm. procedure that I do." And he came in and I was in my, I was naked. I was in the raw and I felt raw. And my husband still came in oh. and washed my back and washed my back, you know? And I feel like subconscious, self-conscious about that a little bit, but I did that thing. I accepted it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. that's huge. That is huge. Like you're saying, like there's self-acceptance there where it's like, okay, I am a mess. I'm very raw right now. Um, and it is what it is at this moment. I can't, I can't hide it. And I think, you know, there was a, a moment in the middle of your journey with me where things shifted, you know, um, and this happens a lot where it's like, okay, we start to do things and I, I do develop it this way. Like we start to do more surface level, like understanding what your self-worth is, all those things. And then we will dig deep, deep into things. Um, and, and things shifted for you in your life. A lot of things changed. Um, and it got really intense and really, I guess, would, I don't know if you would describe it as dark, but do, can you share sort of what that experience was like? While I was doing the homework, it was very scary. I was raw. I was opening up Pandora's boxes. So it felt like um, entrusting you with this information mm-hmm. uh, because in the hopes that I would do the homework to get well and get better. That was dark and scary as well. Uh, but there was also a lot of light in mm. that. Um, through that, throughout all that, I realized why I felt the way I felt. I realized why that the that poor little girl went through freaking hell. Yeah. Like, you know, like no wonder <laughs> I I I was the way I was, or no wonder I didn't trust people no wonder I was had social anxiety no wonder like all that all those pieces of the puzzle came together and I learned to forgive myself I also learned to understand myself uh, a lot better throughout this program I 
I felt whole again after that. And then I realized that I do, I am worthy. Yeah. People, I can protect myself. I don't need to be treated poorly in any aspect of my life. Mm-hmm. I am worthy of goodness and respect. And, and I'm also worthy of being able to give it. I can empathize more with people because now I understand myself. I'm less judgmental because now I understand myself. Wow. It, it's amazing. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry, but that's no. what it was like for me. And the whole healing journey was absolutely amazing. It opened my eyes. All the times that I thought I knew what I had gone through and what I was experiencing and why I was experiencing it just covered the surface. We got through a lot of the deeper stuff. Sure, it was scary, but I had the supports in place to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Such as the tools that you provide to deal with our anxiety, which mine was just through was, the roof. It was high, yeah. Oh, uh, my supports in place, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, boundary setting. We learned a lot about that. Mm-hmm. I thought I was doing it. Obviously, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just having all that in place first. And then doing this work really helped a lot Yeah, to deal yeah. with the darkness and to deal with opening up that old wound. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, you know, like when you come to a point where you're like, okay, I'm going to sign up for a, for a program like this, or I'm looking for something different. I think, you know, you're, you're recognizing that your whole life today is based off of a story that you've been living by since you were a child, right? The story that was really placed upon us through drama, through, you know, our, our upbringing and things like that. And I think for you now, you're like, okay, that's not the story. I don't have to, I don't have to let people walk all over me. I don't have to feel like I'm unworthy. Like the fact that you're saying like I am worthy and I can also see other people as worthy is truly emotional for me. Cause I, I just want to show people and, and tell people that that's not where you were before at all. No, it was not. I, oh boy, you know, I thought I was lucky to have the things I had but I didn't realize how much more I could have in mm-hmm. all aspects of the world. I tolerated a lot of bad stuff from employers mm-hmm. uh, because I thought I was lucky to have the job. Yeah. Far from it. <laughs> they were lucky to have me. Yeah. But ultimately, I tolerated sexual harassment on the workforce for only a certain period of time. And when I did do something about it, to the police um and the person was charged and convicted um i was not received very well back at the office and i thought the women of the workforce would support me and they didn't yeah you know um it's a scary thing to have to stand up but you have to and i'm so glad that that me too movement came along yeah i applaud that Thank God people are speaking up. People that are in the public eye mm-hmm. are speaking up. And that makes it easier for people like me to speak up. The average person that's tolerating BS from people that we don't deserve. Yeah. Nobody deserves it anyways. No. But I think, yeah, you definitely come from a generation where before Me Too, you know, it was just like, oh, that's just the way it is. So women probably judged you for being the courageous person and making them look like they're not, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if that's a story they're living by, obviously, but I think that you were in a sense, a trendsetter 
you know, which scares a lot of people, um, that you're changing the norm, which is really, you know, uncomfortable for people. And you're, you're ruffling a lot of feathers doing that. Boy, did I ever, Oh, few <laughs> people quit from that place because of it, because oh, they were wow. afraid. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. But I, I just left there. I, yeah. I that was enough. Yeah. 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 But, uh, um, go ahead. No, go, please go. I was just going to say, so, you know, let's fast forward to today. You know, what what do you think the future holds for you now that you're on this healing journey? Obviously, I don't want to say you're done because that's not how healing works. Um, it's a lifelong journey. But I do want to ask you, you know, what do you see for yourself in the future? Hmm. I see myself being able to regulate my emotions no matter what I'm faced with because life is life. It just, mm-hmm. it happens, but yeah. less of the trauma that I experienced, none of it can happen to me ever again. And I can support people who are in that situation. Um, I see happiness. I see being a, 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 a good, healthy representative to work with my family, my children, my friends. Um, I see a beautiful retirement one day, but I also see being able to, um, being able to help people, yeah. you know, help women, children, whatever, like help people Yeah. in one way, shape or form. I'll be there. I think that's really inspirational. True. And I think you just being here and I, I know, I know that there is this bright future where you're going to help influence and inspire so many women who are struggling to find their worth. I, I truly believe that. And I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for you. Um, you know, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you, you know, if you can speak to the women who are listening today, what's one thing um, that you want them to leave this, this podcast with, what would that be? Loaded question. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You can do it. You deserve goodness and you can do it. I don't care what happened to you. I do care, but, or how you reacted because of it or what happened. I don't, those things don't matter. You matter. Your happiness matters. And that happiness will carry down to the next generation. And you can, you can stop the cycle Yeah, right then and there. I love you have the power to do it. I felt like doing this course, I got my power back. You know, Mm -hmm. I got my power back and women can get their power back. I love that. I think that's so, that's how I feel in my healing journey too. It's like, I'm taking my power back. Um, I think that's so powerful. Um, I'm going to share Pam's Instagram on um, the, the description of this podcast. I think she's really inspirational and um, yeah. I just, I I thank you so much for sharing your story today. It was very brave of you. And like I said, it's been an honor to sort of be on this journey with you. Is there any final thoughts you want to share before we end this? I believe that as a human race, we can learn through all of this stuff. And I think the world is changing each generation by generation. And so long as we keep being open-minded and so long as we keep on our own healing journey and take care of ours, we, as a society, we will get better. Yeah. 
I truly believe that too. You know, I took an indigenous course once and they were saying that it takes seven generations to see the impact of a change made in today. And so if you think about that, right. And I think people, you're never going to see the change. No, you won't, but you can be part of that change. You know, if we all sit here and we don't change, how will we ever evolve as a human race? Um, and I think that's really, really incredible. And I, I really love that message to, to end this with. So thank you so much, Pam. Thank you for having me. I am so honored to be on your podcast. Yeah, it's been an honor to have you here too. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, lovely human. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Authentically You. It truly, it means a lot to have you here listening. And I hope you really took something away from this episode. If you are ever looking for more, check me out on Instagram. I am posting inspirational stuff there all the time. And if you ever want to dig deeper, please reach out to me as well. And let's have a chat about you doing some deeper one-on-one healing. Because let me tell you, that is when the true magic happens.